is Amanda. And this is Chris. And this is Vocal Perspective. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Vocal Perspective. Chris and I are so excited to be here. Hey. This is Amanda, by the way. If you don't recognize my voice yet, go back to the last 90 or so episodes and figure out who I am. But for today, we have a very special guest for you. Her name is Blair Brown, and you may know her from Double Date. You may know her as a board member for BHS and also a recent judging candidate for BHS. So we're so excited to have you here, Blair. How are you? Hi. I'm so good. Thank you guys so much for having me. This is exciting. Of course. You are a trailblazer in my mind, so I'm excited to have you here wow oh my god yeah for me Blair (laughs) okay I'm sweating now I'm sweating no you represent (laughs) at least I come from a very extensive barbershop background but only because I was born straight into it and so barber brat from the beginning but there's a lot of different paths of women in in barbershop and I ended up in a little more of a traditional kind of like Harmony Incorporated. I've got a quartet and I won when I was 19 and I I stayed in that organization. And I've only recently been a member of BHS because I'm a director of a chorus. So for you, you represent a person that took a different path, a woman in barbershop for me. And so I I like, I don't know, you had more experience in BHS as a female barbershopper than I really ever have. And I've been around it my whole life. So I think it's pretty, I like to learn from you and I like to see you're doing something that I've always dreamed about, which is candidacy school. But I'm a mom brain. I can't do this right now but you know what I'm a mom brain too right I don't know how you're doing it I mean that's another super impressive thing that for me is you have a one-year-old too like man I tell you what there have been so many times just for example on Sunday they had a really special badge ceremony for people that were going to receive their candidacy badge and I was like all dressed up and had been looking forward to this for ever and my daughter just had a meltdown right at that time and I had to miss the whole thing and I was like getting all these emails from people that were like wow Blair you couldn't be bothered to attend the candidacy ceremony and I just felt terrible but you know that's what it is and I think that's it's actually interesting because I think BHS is going through this huge expansion and evolving and what do we want to be and what kind of organization we want to be in. And that's part of it. I think there have been a lot of challenges for parents of any gender, really. If you have a young child, do you get to still be part of these organizations? And I'm, I'm not saying the impetus has to be on the organization to totally cater to you, but it's like, to me, the question is more, how can we support each other? Because we can still have kids and do all this stuff if we choose to support each other in that way. But sometimes the traditional structure makes that challenging. And I think BHS is going to be looking at that because their traditional structure has been only men going through that judging process and maybe they had a female spouse or some other person at home that could watch their kids and also it's been a different generation of men so I want to yeah. throw down for some of our younger generation. Men yeah, because. they have little kids too. It's hard for them too. I'm seeing a different generation of father stepping up these days yeah. that's saying, hey, like, no, I'm, I'm not putting it all on my spouse at home. Right. My significant other. And there's a different generation. There's an older generation that is still very comfortable with the rigidness of how routine and ritual it almost feels. You know, it almost feels ritualistic. Yeah. Like, we have to do it this way. And it's like, well, why? When you look at like the active judges in BHS too, a lot a lot of them age-wise are at maybe like retirement age to where taking the time to do the commitments of the judging program is like really not a big deal because they're kind of enjoying their retirement time and they have the freedom to kind of do what they want with their time. I'm not speaking on behalf of BHS, but what I would like to see is I want to see like a really diverse judging program and people from all ages and all walks of yes. life and different performance backgrounds. There are people entering the judging program now who are like professional Hollywood actors and people that 
singing Voices of Liberty, like all kinds of cool young people that have a really lot to offer the barbershop community, but yeah. only if we make space for them and say, we can accommodate yeah. the fact that you have a life because right. we want right. you to You're be here. Retiree exactly. with all the time you in don't, the world. Yeah, we don't and require don't think, that. And I don't think it's one or the other. I right. think there's a way to have both. And I think sometimes when there's requests for change, when anybody has an idea or a need that is outside of the norm, now it's just like a to-do or something. It's like, no, it's just like, hey, like this is a presenting you with a problem. Can I think it's we? interesting. There's a lot of stuff that I see as we watch, especially BHS. I really can't speak to the other organizations, Chris, because kind of like you were saying, it's not that I had good or bad experiences with of the three major barbershop organizations. I just had like no exposure really to them, any part of my life. Nobody in my family did barbershop. And then I just happened to go to college where... Jim Henry was the uh, head of the music program and he's a really big sucked in man and I got sucked in but VHS <laughs> was the only exposure I had so of course that resonated with me and I felt like well the, of course this is the community I want to be in because these are the people I know all my friends that I've yeah. met through barbershop are in that right in that group right but I think we get really fixated on like okay this is the way some x thing has always been and this is the way it has to be but it's like we as members of an organization we get to decide we can just change things are not as as codified as you think it's as easy as people getting into a leadership position and then saying I really want to work to change this thing so it's easier for people to participate and then we do it yeah I know that sounds simplistic but no it doesn't set in stone there doesn't have to be a rule that prevents anybody from doing anything we can change that right and I kind of want to back up a little bit for the listeners to explain the expectations of a judging candidate right so when you become a candidate you apply and you're basically a pool of applicants and they're looking at your credentials and reasons why you want to do this. And at this point, you're trying to say that you have the ability to judge, coach, instruct, and pick the best of the best and give them a score and be able to give feedback and, and help these people grow and, and get better scores or hopefully not get worse scores. What does that look like? What is the expectation? And, and what was the expectation going in as a candidate? Because you went in before the world COVID. ended. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. then you can kind of then just sum up what the reality was and why that kind of puts a burden on a non-traditional, and I don't even say non-traditional because it's not what I consider traditional, but it's just what's always happened versus yeah. like. Yeah, well, I would just say that this candidacy process probably put a burden on everybody that was going for it. Normally what the process would be is you would apply, you would fill out a written application with references that can speak to the fact that you have something unique to offer the contest and judging community. And so then you would begin that process. And within six months, you would have attended an in-person candidate school. And that usually would be part of the BHS Harmony University event at Belmont in Nashville. And so all of that got canceled. And so what happened to my particular class of judges was we just had to kind of keep re rescheduling. Okay, we'll push back and then maybe we'll do candidate school at an airport in the fall and we'll all just meet there and do it in the airport hotel. Okay, well, that COVID's too bad. So we can't do it. And then maybe we'll try it at midwinter and then maybe we'll try it, you know, and it just kept going and going. And I do think the big challenge for my class of candidates was just to have the mental stamina to be like, I'm going to keep at this 
in a vacuum where no barbershop is happening, by the way. So this thing that made me really passionate about wanting to do this in the first place, that's not going to happen. So I'm not going to be participating with my chorus really, or like going to events, but I still want to be like this deft and valuable coach and uh, thinker about something that I'm not doing right now. It's been such a dichotomy. And I just think the people that have that's made it to this point, wow, way to go. Because I know many people that gave up along the way just from the emotional fatigue of thinking something Something was going to happen and then it didn't happen thinking it was going to happen didn't happen so i would say that that's the challenge there but i think what bhs is really looking for now more than who gives the best scores or things like that what kind of person is going to coach and enthuse competitors what i want just me personally i would love people to come engage in a barbershop contest Many times when you go to a contest, someone's there who's never been there before. In each course, there might be like 10 or 20 people who this is their first thing, right? What you want is for them to leave feeling like, what a great community, number one. Wow, boy, did everybody make me feel like I was super welcome at that event. That's the main thing I want. And I think it starts through the judging program because that might be like the main nexus point that you interact with is a judging yeah, situation. Yeah, you might be in your chorus or in your That's quartet. That's all you talk to. Stage because you're super, super focused. You compete. You're just yeah. with your chorus and you're hanging out and you nobody's introduced you to anybody yet because, well, you came with like 40 guys. There's and no there time. Ladies, there's, there's no, no time. There's no time. <laughs> and then you haven't hung out yet because in competition mode and then you get an evaluation. So the next right. re representative of whatever right. organization you're with would be them. And so what does that person say to you? How does that person make you feel? And I think it starts as early as how does a judge behave when they see you in the lobby? How does a judge behave when you're on an elevator together? I just think every person that acts as some kind of volunteer representative of a barbershop organization, if our main goal was how do we make lots of people feel so welcome in this situation? And then how do we send people home thinking, oh, I can't wait to get back with that group of people because they were so fun or welcoming or affirming or whatever we are. And I think the barbershop community is all those things. I, I just look so forward to singing in person again so that we can give that. I think people more than ever are going to crave this communal camaraderie based experience that barbershop uniquely can provide to people. But and I do think the judges have yeah. a great opportunity to do that. Yeah, I'm just so excited about the latest class of candidates to see who they are. Because I mean, we haven't even gotten to see anyone like usually you get a sense at events of who is in the running to start that journey. Yeah. But it's all kind of been quiet and done, as you explained, virtually. like just dragged on and virtually. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, for me, it represents a lot of the young, energetic, enthusiastic blood that yeah. is looking ahead to see what this organization can be, what this whole community can be in 20, 30, 40 years from yeah. now, rather than looking backwards on what it was. Because we don't forget what it was. But there's no. always room to grow. And I just so seeing things. the people that are working towards being the leaders in this community, yeah. being the representatives, I think is a big step forward. For me, yes, you've been around BHS, but you've also been really a prominent member of the mixed associations out there. And with BHS moving towards moving towards an everyone in harmony and including more than just men in some way, shape or form, I think you bring a perspective that is much needed in that arena. As I'm hearing you say that, I have not been so involved with the mixed community as I would like to be. There are specific mixed organizations. And again, I'm not speaking for anybody. This is just my personal journey. But what I loved about the idea of Everyone in Harmony, why I was so eager to join BHS right away is I've never really wanted to be in an organization that was either male or female or mixed. 
I don't even really want to think or talk about gender almost. Hey. I find it distracting. It's not interesting to me. Like, I don't really care about your gender situation. To me, that's probably the least interesting thing about you. I care about how people identify because it's part of the experience that makes them who they are. But beyond that, and on a singing level, I'm craving to be part of an organization. And I believe BHS does have the potential to be this, but where it's just a place for everybody. I want to be in a barbershop community that kind of looks like a representative of what that bigger, lowercase society. So Absolutely. that's something that's exciting to me about BHS, but I actually have been really lax and like not helpful. <laughs> there is like a mixed barbershop harmony association. I haven't participated very much because I've just been so excited and focused on just being a BHS member. It's just been so exciting to me. And I still think there's so much more to do. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, for me, seeing Double Date sing together, we hear all of these opinions about how nothing is going to sound as good as four men in a quartet. Women sound, you know, X, Y, Z when they sing Barbershop. And oh my gosh, why would we put anyone together that wasn't of the same gender? It just blows people's mind. And I think you all are a really good example of yeah, it doesn't matter what your gender is. Just get four voices. And if they sound good together, they sound good together. It doesn't I think matter. That is like such an important distinction. First of all, thank you. That's so nice. And I would say that as Double Date has like done shows and traveled, probably the comment we've heard the most, we've been together almost 10 years now. The comment I've heard the most is some version of after a show hearing, you know, I really didn't think I like mixed barbershop. But now that I heard it, I realized like it's just like every other barbershop that I've heard that, that right. kind of sentiment that's kind of demystified you just see it and then you're like oh that's not a big deal and I think an important distinction when I hear people talk about oh they don't think mixed quartets could sound as good as a male quartet or they don't think a female quartet could sound as good as a male quartet I think what we're really talking about is you have a personal preference perhaps your preference is to hear an all-male sound just like somebody might prefer vocal spectrum and somebody might prefer Michigan Jake and those are still two great quartets and it's your personal preference, which one you like to hear and sit around and listen to. And I think that same thing applies to different genders besides males singing barbershop. Maybe it's not your personal preference to hear that style, but we can't really argue that barbershop can't be done well by non-male people. That's just not factual. And then also in the judging community, at least in BHS, there's nothing in the BHS judging system that would make it matter what your gender is there's no box that's like did someone sing the lowest note humanly possible check you get 10 extra points like that's not <laughs> in this. there like yeah no, it doesn't actually say minus that. 11 yeah like, it doesn't no, that's, act like you that's know not did in they there. sing more like a girl than a boy right I mean, that's, we know that the judging works thing. because Harmony Inc. uses the same format, it's already, so that, it's already yeah, been done. Too. I, I hear a lot of people saying that it couldn't work. I don't know how else to illustrate. It already is working. It, already it has working. worked. Even in BHS, they have the Mi- Next Gen mm-hmm. contest, or Next Gen, mm-hmm. which yeah. has been mixed for a while. There has been an all-male champion. There has been an all-female champion. There has been a mixed quartet to win all those things. It already has proven that it works. And so I don't know why we're arguing that it couldn't possibly be done. Like it's already happening. <laughs> it already I has mean, happened. <laughs> I was there when singing double won I and they, they became the first women that would be on the wall at BHS at Harmony Ooh. Hall. Right? And <laughs> oh, I mean, I, <laughs> I watched that whole contest and yes, they're the younger kids, but I mean, these girls they crushed just, it. They yeah, crushed they it. Crushed there was it. no question that they won that contest. And there was nobody yeah. in the house that didn't believe it. For those of you who don't know, Midwinter, this was at Midwinter, am I correct? Yes, I was that's in Jack- right. In Jacksonville. Like, I was yeah. there. It was the last one. Oh, 
It was like right before, it was January before March. I know, oh, that was crap. the last place I ever went. Yeah, see, that's probably where we connected, <laughs> Blair. Probably. But anyway, it's a convention where we have our senior, the BHS has their seniors quartet, quartet contest, and they also have their next generation showcase contest. I think it's a contest, right? Yeah, it's a contest. And so yeah, you have all totally. these youth and you have all these seniors. So you have the oldest members of our organization and the youngest members. And, and the youngest aren't even really necessarily members. They're, they represent their schools. They've come with their teachers. They've come as a quartet. It's that's very right open and so it's incredible to watch the next generation contest or performances that when you're at the final show and then you have this whole packed house of barbershoppers who've been doing this for like 65 years and they're just screaming and clapping and hooting and hollering and moving along and that's when you look at them and you're like it's all going to be fine if you ever think that like a totally inclusive organization couldn't work it just already is happening at midwinter every year go to midwinter it's like it is exactly how you say it's like the oldest members and the youngest members but what is intangible they have this huge camaraderie and the older members are like crushes on each other yeah you get out there we're support (laughs) we're rooting for you and the kids are like you guys go in the senior quartet contest we're so yes. excited for you and it's this huge lifting each other up and it's and kind I of think it's, without where that, else in the world do you see that like generational dynamic special in that way and do you ever see that you go back in the stories and people that i know i know ladies you know and they talk about their connection to these barbershoppers whom they at midwinter and unfortunately those members usually pass along sooner rather than later but you learn about the wealth of knowledge that these youth take from them. And that's what sustains an organization. You yeah. must connect those two people. And BHS is doing that. And more people need to see that. And so that's where I feel like everyone in Harmony could really, if we could just, I think Midwinter should just be all of the things. Like, you know, I mean, I think we could have Midwinter and we could have International and they could all be yeah. versions of each other. Like everything needs... could be all the things. <laughs> yeah. I feel like events like Midwinter are, are birthed by people go, hey, look what this would look like. Yeah, you know look what it looks like. It's super fun and people love it. It's one of the most popular, successful events that BHS does is the Midwinter Convention. Year after year, people just love to be in that atmosphere. It seems like very yeah. For those uplifting. of us who compete in our own organizations or compete in the men's competition, it's such a barbershop event for me that I can actually go and enjoy. Yeah. And I think that's also important to have those events. Like I love my convention, but it's work most of the time. You're like, competing. I'm, I'm either yeah, competing or I'm representing or you're performing or I'm, or I'm volunteering yeah. or I'm, it's hard. Yeah. You know, I mean, even coming work. from having worked the events, the conventions, the last four or five years, midwinter never feels as much like as yeah. the summer. So they're doing the international something convention works. right? Something's international different. convention. Yeah. I just, I'm like tired all the time. And I'm like, I know I'm seeing some <laughs> magical performances, but midwinter just feeds that energy. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see what the senior quartets do because yeah. they're always hilarious because it's not that they care a little bit less but they're a little less concerned about no it's like pressure off yeah. yeah it's magical it's relaxed i've craved I that actually too that. Is, i want more i do wish that. that we talk about especially in bhs well no i think this is true maybe in all barbershop organizations we just talk a lot about competition as if it's like the end all be all thing that we do and don't quote me on this exact number but it's something like only 20 or 30 percent of bhs members want to compete are interested in competing. So if you think about like a third of members are very focused on competition or ever even will do it. And then the other two thirds are really just here to 
participate, be part of their local experience, be part of their chapter. Wow. They want to attend events. Yeah. They might like to go to a festival and be adjudicated in a casual way or something. But, you know, the fact that so much focus is like myopically competition when we know that two thirds of the organization isn't even really super interested in that. I just think it's something to think about. What are these other experiences that barbershoppers are craving? I, I always talk about this. It's like a fiction in my mind, but I would love to do this barbershop mountain jamboree where we would all yes. just go like camp out in a national park somewhere really beautiful, sing in a casual way. You can stay in a campsite with your family if you want to be like going to bed at 9 p.m. You can stay in like the adult campground if you want to be like singing tags all night and it could be like immersive and fun, but not competition based. Oh. I personally crave more events that are yeah. vibe. We had that every year in Cardinal District and they still do. So many districts have Bring the pain and Labor Day Jamboree tries to be that way. Isn't there like a Harmony Camp or something up in Toronto? There is that, in yeah, Canada, Harmony, there's Harmony Hollow. Harmony they, Ranch. Harmony there. Ranch. The Harmony Ranch. They live in campers and hang out and sing all summer and stuff. Yeah, I loved when you were talking way back in the, in the recording now, <laughs> and you were talking about how the judging system is the volunteer employee of the district at that point. You know, you're volunteering to represent the district, and you're kind of the first line of introduction to some contestants right. or some of these members. And I've got this sense of no longer having this pyramid structure, but having this plateau. Yeah. Where you got people who are all working together. Oh man, it's like it's an association, which I work for one of those. <laughs> when you start running your organization for your members, and I'm not saying any of the organizations do it, it's easier to run it in a pyramid. It is easier to have less balls in the air. But when you are as big as some of our organizations are, especially in barbershop world, you have a, to serve those members first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And I was stunned by that percentage you just said. I am not going to quote you on it, but it's got to be close. I know it's definitely no more than 50%. And even I if believe it's, it's like a one third. Yeah, I, I think that's, I believe I've, that's I've heard too. that number a lot that it's about I mean, one, but less even than if one third. It was 50, even if it was 50%. And half of your members yeah. aren't super interested aren't in this. Serviced. But so we talked about why it. Why like, would they pay to do it again? I'm super into champs of all organizations. I yeah. just love good singing. I just want to hear barbershop done really well but for us to act like those are like you know the premier members of our organization and nobody else matters that can't be right yeah and then it puts a lot of pressure on the top and yeah. then and then they get exhausted and burnt out and then you're left with people being like well you didn't want me then so why do you want to use me now you know and i just if we were servicing our membership and we were seeing this, my husband asked me once, who dedicates 12 hours of their day to sit at a contest on a Wednesday? Right. He's like, I can't do this. That's so interesting about judges in every organization. This is a huge time commitment from people. And I think it's interesting when you see the new class of judges that are coming in, at least in BHS, who I'm pretty familiar with most of them. These are people that are going to change the world. Some of these people are just incredible. I don't even know what to say about them. They're I brilliant. Agree. I do think as an organization, BHS should be looking at these people and saying, what do you envision the future being like? What What are you craving for us to do? What are you wanting us to do? Because these people are on the precipice of deciding, do I want to give up the next 30 years of my life to this organization? And exactly. And we're going to lose some of the really great ones. That's a big we, commitment. <laughs> if we don't value their opinions, they're yeah, not going to be courses. Think, they're not going to be pack meals. Yeah, that's right. They're not going to give up their time to serve organizations that they don't feel are inclusive and forward thinking. Full stop. The end. <laughs> That's what we have to do. Absolutely. As you were all talking, I was just thinking about locally here, Chris and I are in the DC area. When you tell somebody in barbershop that you're from the DC area, they're like the harmonizers. Yeah, well, of yeah. course, the harmonizers are fantastic. And it wasn't until I got really deep into this world that I'm like, 
there are five, six other choruses around here, but you don't know about them because they don't go to international or, you know, some of their members just go as individuals. And also something to point out about Alexandria is that many people have this idea of what the harmonizers are. Very old tradition in barbershop, been around for forever, but they are extremely progressive in the world, whatever the air quotes of what is progressive. I just think it's living the best that we can for everyone around us. But they have had women members for a very long time. They are very supportive of the LBGTQ plus community. They've had to conform to competition. But, but yeah, they, but their shows, but they when never you see stopped. Them, exactly. They never yeah, stopped when you locally. They're a, it's not that they're a different chorus, but they definitely show yeah. a different side of themselves. Competition locally. is one third of what that chorus does. And I made an assumption about them as a chorus very early on because I only saw them at contest. I saw Mm -hmm. them for two songs on stage Mm -hmm. and I judged them completely. And then I went to one of their shows and then I met one of their leaders. And then my dad sang with them for a bit and I've met more of their leaders. And I'm like, oh, they don't revolve around competition. They laid off in a year that they were supposed to be pretty hot and heavy to take a trip with their chorus to Europe and to do something different. And none of them seem to have near as much regret as all the other people who are like, oh, why didn't you do it? Well, that's great, though. Right. Be perfect. Who cares about competition when you could go to Europe with your best friends? Right. uh, Cooler. Right. So I think it's really important that there are so many choruses out there and there's so many quartets and members of BHS that why this is all going to be okay and why this is going to work. And and not like everything's not okay. I don't want to be like, oh, it's so bad. But why everything's is we have these people at our hands. Well, part of it, too, is going to be, you know, you should be able to go into a barbershop so I didn't grow up in barbershop. So the first time that I saw a barbershop contest, I did think people looked a little silly, like the outfits, the f- repertoire choice, the fact that I heard mo- multiple groups in one contest session singing the same song. I got the sense really quickly, like, okay, this is a very insular culture and it just doesn't need to be. And wouldn't it be cool if a stranger who's totally unfamiliar with barbershop could be sitting in the audience of one of our contests and be like extremely entertained and totally get everything that we're talking about. And there's not a lot of inside jokes and it's just like very accessible and so i think the ensembles that are really great that's what you see at their shows right it's entertainment it's performative it's fun for their audiences again i can only speak for what i've seen in bhs but i do think we'll see an evolution more towards at least in the performance category that's the buzz let's encourage our performers to just be better performers in a way that would be very readable to people outside of the barbershop community just as much as within the barbershop community and so that's the goal right is that a, yep. a, somebody could walk in off the street in the middle of the top 10 and watch all of them and kind of be in line with the judges of like where it was because it would be so obvious based on like the impact that the performance had on them as people so that's my dream is like what if barbershoppers were like the best performers out there and we let that be showcased at our contest too rather than saying i have to edit down the way i wish i could perform so that i can do well within this very micro contest let's do the opposite let's open the contest up so that there's a lot of room to express yourself and you get to win based on just being like really great at performing and really good at entertaining people and that's another reason i'm so excited about this new generation of judges because some of the way that barbershoppers have performed is getting a little stale and very let's mix it up yeah Yeah. but being able to encourage people to be a little bit more authentic and genuine in the performance i think is where barbershop should be going so i'm excited to see more i don't think this panel of candidates will settle for for last season i hear a lot of talk about celebrating risk-taking How do we celebrate risk taking? How do we say, you know what, maybe that didn't land, 
but good on you for trying that and come back in six months and do it again. And here's some tools they to help it the be Olympics. more effective. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. give them points for, I mean, I say give it's them give them percentage <laughs> for putting themselves out there. It, yeah. it can come back to bite you in the butt because if you try five times in one song, you know, it could be like, oh, whoops, you tried five times. That's, but if you take a risk one time in a set and it doesn't go as stellar as the rest of the song, maybe it doesn't knock you down as far because it's difficult or it's execution yeah. score was a little bit higher. You deserve points for trying. Yeah. And I know that people are like, how is that not taking the bias? It's like, well, that's taking all of the bias out. That really is like removing your bias against their performance by being able to acknowledge that they were trying something that is really spectacular in what they're wanting. You don't want to encourage them to keep getting better at that. You don't right. want to be yeah. like, ooh, that made you lose points. So don't try that again. That's actually what I have loved so much about the judging experience so far of the, the education part is you don't give a performance fewer points because you personally like it. There's a very universal and objective rubric with specific, very accessible language of why did this performance earn a 67? And now having that training, and I'm still learning, of course, but it's cool to see that it is very objective. There are very specific points that we can say, like, this took away from your performance for me, and here's the language of why. And it's not because I, Blair Brown, didn't really like that song. I could still <laughs> give you a very fair score because we're using this universal category language that is very fair. And that's what I respect and like so much about the judging system is it takes something that you think this is so subjective how could we ever fairly agree on this and it gives it this technical language to help you be like no that we can't actually agree that the impact of this performance kind of felt the same to almost everybody in the audience and there is a number that you can associate with that and I just think that's really cool that it's I, not yeah. just someone being like I didn't like it yeah. and I love how <laughs> the judging system is always looking at that yeah and if the re-examining yeah re-examining yeah. and if the same issue is being questioned multiple times then they find a way to make we so, must yeah. fix it because yeah. if it's happening to us this many times missed a loophole and yes. they're not it's not perfect and it has changed and morphed and it's the beauty of it i would be so sad if it was so set in stone because once somebody reaches 100 percent, there'd be nowhere else to go you and know? that comes back to what we were talking about earlier was there are these rules that are in place that were created somewhere down the line in contests and judging and people think well you're not allowed to do that in contests you've never been allowed to do that okay well why not? And do we still want you to not be allowed to do that? If so, let's change it. And that's the whole point of volunteers getting involved in leadership. If you don't like how it is, it, it's not set in stone. That's These things have been changed forever. It's evolved forever. There used to be a rule in barbershop judging in the BHS that you could only give out each score once per contest. So if I gave you an 81 and then the next quartet you went and I thought they deserved an 81. 81, I can't give another 81. So I'd have to give them an 80 or an 82. And someone at some point was like, that's stupid. And then they were like, let's change it then it's right. that easy it's not the bible it's more like the constitution <laughs> where we just we can amend it. yeah amend it girl <laughs> like and let's just well, be honest people are amending that bible all over the place so i, mean, I guess that that's accepted too. <laughs> they do whatever example. they want it yeah, is the but, bible it is the <laughs> but just hearing you say the technical language that goes along with this because looking back okay the last champion that we had was westminster chorus and that's their right. performance was spectacular they, it, got, they like, did one things of the highest scores like ever 99 or something <laughs> 
something they, ridiculous. People gave them 100s yeah. in performance. Yeah, and they, they knocked yes. him down to a 99 because they're like, I don't think we can give him 100. They did all kinds of acrobats and flips and, and yeah. launches and whatever else. You were just like, what's happening next? But they did that because that's what they're good at. So yes, to hear the technical exactly. scores, okay, now all the other choruses don't need to run out and start doing acrobats no, right. on stage. But, that's yeah. not what gets a 99. It it's, was that's and, their wheelhouse. And exactly. that's why they got us such high scores because they're crushed it at doing what they're really good at. Yeah, and right. let's just say Ambassadors of Harmony almost got 99s as well, not long before when they did their 76 trombones. And there have been many performances out there. And there's been Kentucky Vocal Union and Westminster when they were teeny weeny, where they got these unbelievable scores for doing what they were the best at. And it wasn't always flips and it wasn't always acrobats. And so right. I think it's extremely important that you say that. Like, you can be really good at something that is you. Well, yeah. and even in and the last test... Show. The Ambassadors of Harmony, their set was completely different, but hit everybody. Their Boom. score was only slightly lower, but yeah. it hit everybody in a very different way. And the way nobody's that they presented flipping it. anybody up in the no, air no. because that's what they do really David well. David Wright was not thrown up at, into a... I think they all have like clauses. I think we all have like liability clauses, like Jim, Dave, like nobody's allowed to be thrown. The, the Westminster guy is my, he's my friend, Chase, and he's a professional gymnast. Right. So, so we're allowed to throw him. him. He's, he's good fine. at it. He knows how to fly through the air but yeah that's so true that the ambassador's wheelhouse is many things i would hate to even put them in yeah, a box but something they do really well is to tell a very sincere ballad story that's the leadership team at ambassadors is that they sing from the heart and they do that really well and so yeah that contest actually which was i think for most of us our last international yeah where it was westminster and aoh i remember being in the audience for that and watching both of their finals packages and just thinking oh my god can you believe that this is both, what we get to do these are both like... people that we know yeah like i've shown those performances to people outside of barbershop both of those very often and they both are very impactful and i just think that speaks volume whenever i hear people who are like worried about the future of barbershop or what's going to happen or what's going to happen if women are allowed in and da, da, da. it's just when you look at people that aren't really thinking about any of that and they're really focused on their art they're just already in the year 2055 and they're already doing these things and they're going to keep pushing the envelope and i just think the important thing for like really passionate barbershoppers and inclusion-minded people to do is just don't listen to this noise of how is it ever going to work how are we all going to do this together that is just literally like static on a radio don't listen to that and think about your art that you love and that's going to propel us forward I i'm so excited to see i just want to see people perform again and like see what they've come up with during this time and I don't know if it is this is so random but I think COVID like art will be interesting I just watched the Bo Burnham special called Inside I don't know if you guys have watched this but Bo I've Burnham I've heard is, of him and my he's a really are, famous comedian my nephews he, are super into him but he he sings and he wrote it. a whole one yeah. hour musical that he recorded alone over COVID of just him singing and playing songs and it's the only COVID art that I've liked yeah. so far it didn't make me feel bad it made me feel good and I just thought how will we all tell the collective story of this experience that we've all been through together? And there's art in there too. And so I'm excited to see what will it be and how will we all make sense of this time? And you know how we were talking in the very beginning when we weren't even recording about how did I meet you pre-COVID or did I meet you some <laughs> like, online? Like, like everything's different. Ago. I get butterflies thinking and hoping that maybe art will be like that. Like it'll come out and it'll just be something completely and it, it will be. It will because be. I won't have heard it That's or right. 
experienced it for so long, but everybody's going to be, you know, art comes from your experiences, right? So it'll be different because we're different. We're all we different totally now. We're all different, different people. Yeah. Really different. Yeah. I've been thinking back that one of the first classes I took in college was about Hiroshima and the way that they fun. broke out the, I know, super fun times, right? Like, Welcome to college. Let's yeah. talk about Hiroshima. But the way um, that they did not, it, She was a Japanese minor, right? Major. Oh, okay. um, major. But, no, but this was an open class for everyone. It wasn't just for my major, but we didn't just learn about Hiroshima, like from a textbook. So what they did is they brought in a physics teacher, they brought in a sociology professor, they brought in a history professor, and they brought in an art professor. So we learned about it from four different points of view. And you think about how horrible Hiroshima must have been. But then we spent weeks studying the art and the music that came out of that. So, you know, we think about how horrible the last 18, 20 months has, have been for people. And, you know, we haven't been able to sing. We haven't been able to do the things that we loved in the same way that we used to do them. But I think ultimately we're going to see a similar boom of creativity as soon as we, we totally come out are. of this. I totally, I agree so much. We like during this judging candidacy process, at least in the performance category, there's three categories. So there, if people don't know, there's music and performance and singing and music is like, Mm, is the music within the barbershop style and how well did you interpret and handle and do justice to that music and singing is how well did you sing and performances how much did the effect align with your intention how much did the audience experience kind of what you were going for and so for one of our education pieces a professional actor not a musical actor just like a full-on theatrical actor in hollywood came on to one of our zoom meetings and just talked to us about acting and how he thinks it pertains to barbershop and i don't want to misquote him but one of the things he did was he got online and watched some barbershop videos having really no context of us and like what we are like and he watched i think some champs videos even and one of the comments he made was something along the lines of do you guys know that sometimes you look really fake when you sing you the collective you barbershoppers do you know that sometimes you make these expressions and tropes and you do it over and over and you all seem to agree on these same face expressions but they don't actually mean anything outside of the do you, are you aware of this and of course we're aware of that but we don't talk about that and to hear an outsider just come in and hold a mirror up and be like do you, are you aware that sometimes you look very cheesy and manufactured and this is kind of your style and everyone was just like hmm mm -hmm. and i remember after that meeting you know one of the leaders in our category said now are we going to just hear that or are we going to hear that and do something about that and I remember we all were like, do, do something. <laughs> Let's do something about it. Maybe and, we you should know, do something. <laughs> maybe we should do something about it. And do something about it is going to mean this whole class of like young judges, young competitors saying, I'm going to do something different. And judges saying, I'm going to reward something different. And when you go into coachings and evaluations saying, I'm going to teach something. But we're there. I mean, the future is now. This is happening. So I can't wait. I want it to be safe. And I think about this all the time. I'm you know, I'm obsessed with barbershop and I would love to just go back to quote unquote normal tomorrow. And I am kind of of the mindset of there is no safety risk that is really worth it to me to sing again. Like I don't want to hurt anyone. And if people get sick or die from our choice to be together too soon, I think that's just unacceptable. That's very hard. But I am looking forward to when it is a safe time to do it. I think about it all the time and I think what would it take for us to feel safe and how can we expedite that? And so step one, let's all get vaccinated. Am I right? Did you guys I'm ready. Give me another give one. Me give booster. me four. Give like, me five. I'm ready. Did you guys see, see the TikTok where the girl was like, I don't really care if I have a hand growing out of my ass in 10 years. Like, <laughs> it's whatever. It's fine. And then a response to that was, girl, I will shake hands with your and we'll have a conversation about this in 10 years. I won't think any other. And somebody goes, girl, 
I will be making pie with my ass hands. Like, and I'm going to tell you. And then this other girl's like, I love pie. I am so psyched oh to think about God. this conversation that we're going to have in 10 years with our ass hands and our ass pie. <laughs> Living it up. Boost me up. Boost me right? Up. I can't wait. Well, I could talk with both of you all day. Blair, you have been such a joy and such mm. an inspiration. And I agree with Amanda wholeheartedly. You are a trailblazer. Listen to you. Oh. I mean, you are right amongst the people that I'm just waiting to just jump in line and follow. You're going to change the world and you're going to do wonderful things. And I can't wait. And I will be a part of it. I'll be right there because, yeah, I mean, you just, you get behind people you, you, you trust. And that even if their visions aren't exactly what your visions are, or they're, they're not doing the same thing you're doing literally in your course or in your district. It's just great to be able to get behind people and get them. In Pride and Prejudice when Mr. Darcy was like, I like you against my better judgment. You don't have a good family. I don't like your sister. Come on. But marry me. Come on. This you're is what pretty I'm saying to all the other people because I think you're amazing. But she's already married and she has a kid and so she's, she lives somewhere else. She's not singing in my quartet but I'm going to cheer her on and I'm going to be right there to support her and next time we see each other together let's all sing yes yes please let's do that so anyway thank you so much and for everyone else thanks for listening and we'll see you next tuesday see you next tuesday